Join with me in John chapter 15, where Jesus says this in verse five. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is giving us a clear picture of what it looks like to make Jesus central to our lives all the time, as we say around here, 168 hours of the week. It's an unsubbered, continual relationship that connects us to the life of Jesus and the purpose that he has for us to bear fruit. For apart from me, he says, you can do nothing. We have a choice of the trajectory of our lives, and Jesus is not ambiguous here. In a negative sense, you can choose to live your life on your own with self-effort, disconnected from Jesus, but clearly, Jesus says, know that that will lead to futility. What you do will have of nothing of eternal kingdom value. But this is not what God wants for us. Jesus gives us a picture of a joy-filled, fruitful life. Think of a, a life of character and a life that's influential to, to, to influence other people to know and follow Jesus better. That kind of life is, has a relationship with Jesus that is characterized by abiding in him. In verse six, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Again, there's a very clear picture as to two different ways to live our lives. One, not to abide in Jesus, the other to abide in him with clearly different outcomes. The word abide has the connotation of dwelling. Uh, you live here. Like if your neighbor's kid is constantly over at your house, you might say, he practically lives here. It's about proximity and time, constantly together. And Jesus wants us to know that we are to live in that kind of relationship with him. And he gives us the clues as to how to make that happen. Verse seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, to live in close relationship with Jesus is to embrace his words and highly esteem them. I mean, this only makes sense, right? When you care for someone, when you love, for, love someone, um, it matters what they say. And you want to be in conversation with that person because you want to know more about them. You want to know what matters to them because they matter to you. And in that loving conversation, you adjust how you behave with that person because you want to serve them. You want to love them better. So it is in our relationship with Jesus. And this is nothing new. It's always been that way with God. We go back to the Old Testament in Deuteronomy chapter 6 uh, in, a, in a scripture that's known as the Shema. God talks to his people about his commandments, his words, that they should make it a priority. They should talk about it when they're getting up, when they're going to bed at night, when they're on their way walking, when they're sitting at the table eating. They should write his words on, as signs on their hands and as frontlets between their eyes. They should write it on their gateposts and on their doorposts. God's word is to be heard and it's to be put into practice. And so it is with Jesus to abide in him is to embrace and to esteem the words that he has spoken to us. Now, this is not anything new, but to make those words of God also apply to Jesus' words was new, but that's how we abide in him. We place ourselves in his presence, we prioritize his word, and then we put it into practice. We place ourselves in his presence. So this summer I was thinking about how I wanted to make God a part of every part of my life, not just some, you know, place myself in God's presence 
when it's sort of in a stale situation, in a room of quietness, but no, in everything that I'm doing, when I'm walking along the beach, when I'm riding my cycle on the path, Jesus, I want to invite you into that. And so through, through my mindset and my heart, I place myself in his presence. Then to prioritize his word, it's so good to have a reading plan, like decide I'm going to read this um, passage of scripture, this book in the Bible by this time, or, or jump onto a reading plan like on a YouVersion app or something like that. Listen to it in your vehicle. Just connect it with your Bluetooth and hear God's word over and over again to prioritize it. And then, of course, to put it into practice. We can't just hear God's word because that doesn't do anything but deceive us if we don't put it into practice. That word here in the Shema means literally that, to bring yourself under, not only to hear physically, but to put yourself under its authority, to look to God's word as your source of information so that you can do what it says. Prioritize God's word, put it into practice. There's something life-giving about unhurried time with God, with his word. And to put it into practice, to be careful to apply God's word, keeps our relationship, relationship with God genuine. But there's something else that Jesus adds so that it's not all about our self-effort. Let me read again verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done unto you. Jesus adds the dimension of prayer. Ask whatever you wish. So to abide in God is to place ourselves before and prioritize his word, put it into practice, and pray. In a few moments, you're going to hear um, our pastoral leaders share with you what God is doing in their lives and speaking to them right now, and how that carries forward in anticipation for what they, they're looking forward to God doing in their ministry this year. And I didn't ask them what they're going to talk about, but when I watched the video, it was amazing to me how many of them talked about prayer. Prayer is not only a means whereby we abide in Jesus, it's also a byproduct of that relationship. As you spend time with him, you, you, you hear God's heart for the world, and you realize that you're invited to partner with God through prayer to make that happen. As Jesus taught us to pray, that his name would be hallowed, that his kingdom would come, that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we get the joy of seeing him answer our prayers. God wants you to have a joy-filled, fruitful life that is characterized by time in his presence, constantly relating to him, prioritizing his word, putting it into practice, and prayer. And this leads to a relationship that can only be described as friendship. Listen to what Jesus says in verse 15. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Jesus modeled for us what it looks like to abide in another person and his words. He did that with his Father. And so we are to model before one another and encourage one another to do the same. It's my conviction that as a leader and for our leaders, we need to first be abiding in Jesus so that then we can equip others to do the same. Today, as you hear the stories of of some of our leaders, know that as you hear that, they are inviting you into that same experience and relationship with Jesus that they are living in. Jesus' words here in John 15 are both to the individual and to the collective whole. 
We respond as individuals to Jesus' invitation to abide in him, but we do not do so alone. We do that together. Abide in him. Place ourselves in God's presence. Prioritize his word. Put it into practice and pray. As we do that together, just imagine what God will do.